0: I started here at Trinity almost two years ago to the day, but before I came to Trinity, I served a small church in Silverton for 11 years. We regularly had about 20 people. That was a pretty good Sunday. During COVID, we increased to 30 because people could worship from home. One Ash Wednesday, we had three people. In about this time in 2016, I was sort of thinking to myself, what am I going to say at the annual meeting? The annual meeting is this opportunity to inspire, to cast a vision for the coming year. And I wasn't quite sure where I was going to go or what I was going to suggest when truly out of nowhere, the idea popped into my head to build tiny homes for homeless people. It was a surprise. It came truly out of nowhere. We had, I had been thinking about, we had a few people. We had some money, not a lot. But we had land. And we actually had land in a good spot. We were in a spot that was protected from flooding, which is a concern in Silverton. And we're right across the street from the hospital. So I presented at the annual meeting this vision. And... Interestingly, my parishioners were a little puzzled, but also willing to come along with me and dream about what that could look like. So we started thinking about it, and RBAC, which is a missions version of the vestry, RBAC started to think about how we could do this and where we could visit and who is doing this kind of ministry. And like so many bicycles bought in January with a hope of you know, exercise. It became one of those, do y'all have bicycles right now? (laughs) It became one of those ideas that we tucked away in the closet and it gathered dust for some time. And eventually we all went on sabbatical that year together, which is a story for another time. And so the the idea got, you know, put away. And in the fall of 2017, I was sitting in the office when one of the matriarchs stopped by, and she said, you're not gonna believe this, but on Silverton Progressives today, someone posted that they're going to have a meeting to build tiny homes for the homeless. And I said, oh my gosh, you have to get me an invitation to that meeting. And so we schemed, and this is what you can do in a small town, you can figure out who knows who. And so I got an invitation to this meeting, and when I showed up, it was at someone's house. It was a lunch, and I had a really hard time. I sat in my car, and I was like, I I don't know these people, and they don't know me, and I'm about to show up in my collar, and oh my gosh. But I went in anyway, and we settled around this table that was not made for 13 people, but somehow 13 people had showed up from the community, all of us women, retired teachers and social workers, and people who just wanted to do something. And when it got to me, I introduced myself. There was some questions. I could see that there were people who didn't realize that St. Edward's was still open. (laughs) I said, I'm the vicar at St. Edward's, that church that's across the street from the hospital that is still open, and I have been talking with my congregation about building tiny homes for the homeless for almost the last two years. There was this quiet gasp, the Holy Spirit blowing in. After that, a small subset of these women, there were seven of us, started meeting weekly. It was an eclectic group. There There was the woman who just had a passion for Um, the homeless. There was the woman who had just quit working at Habitat for Humanity. There was a woman who was on the building commission, one who was a community organizer. There was one who was on city council who pretty much every time we met for the first six months or so reminded me that she was an atheist. (laughs) And we met week after week talking about how we could do this and what we could do. We had people who knew what the building process was, and we had people who understood that there were going to be neighbors who were not happy. And we had people who understood that there was not a code that would allow us to do this. And so became this breathless synergy where each person brought their peace, and we had all these conversations. And at that time, and still... Silverton hosts the annual clergy conference, and so as things began to build and as community began to get a whiff of what we were up to, and um, Nextdoor is a, um, a platform, a, like an email service. It is the devil. Um, it's <laughs> the worst thing ever. Um, I also have a Nextdoor. But um, they got a whiff of it on Nextdoor, and it started just a constant conversation of people really anxious about this possibility. So the day that Clergy Conference started in 2018, one of our neighbors at the bottom of the hill in a a good spot for traffic came out with these giant neon pink signs that said, no homeless encampment in Silverton, and they were pointed at us. So all my colleagues and the bishop drove through town and got to see this awesome sign that same woman, that same family actually showed up at church. I've never seen somebody show up at church to troll, but she showed up at church, and she's sitting angrily with her family, her two daughters and her husband, and in the middle of my sermon, I saw her lean over to her daughter and say, see, that's what I'm talking about, which I took as, you know, a credit. Like, I've done it. So the work ebbed and flowed. We had this terrible community meeting where there was so much buzz on next door that the police chief actually showed up in uniform in case something happened. And I quickly went from working half-time for my half-time salary to working full-time for my half-time salary, <laughs> which is not uncommon for half-time clergy. Um, But I started going to all of these meetings in Silverton and in many city council meetings. At the very beginning, there's two minutes when you can get up and say anything. So you can get up and talk about your dad or you can talk about your property or anything else. And so even when we weren't on the agenda, we had to go in case somebody got up and said something awful about what we were doing so that one of us could get up and talk about the value of what we were doing. So all of these meetings... St. Edward's couldn't afford to give me a raise, but they could help me out with childcare. And so we made it work together. And after so, so many meetings, we finally changed the code um, so that we could build um, tiny homes on our property. We built four. Um, they um, were built with the help of so many in the community, because as much hate as we took on next door. For every one of those people, there was two or three who came forward who would offer some kind of help. They would write us a check, or a dentist who would give dental care, or social workers who would help out with um, getting OHP, and that sort of thing. So there were all these, this community that arised around all of these really angry neighbors. And, And let's see, sorry, I'm lost. Um, I'm chatting here so we all got together and we had these signs that said compassionate Silverton um, And they were blue and so before we went to the city council We all dressed in blue and there was a standing room only meeting and eventually we got the code passed and we broke ground and Silverton st. Edward Silverton with our $60,000 budget raised over hundred thousand dollars to get this this project going And it was amazing that even with this $100,000, there were all these organizations who were willing to do things for free, so this program, this project that we were planning to fund was actually built by um, other companies. Um, Westside Drywall, I will name, because they they did all of the building and almost all of the supplies. And these cottages are built better than my house, literally. And uh, they were concluded, finished um, in March of 2020, that March. (laughs) (laughs) So they are working like most of us to um, figure out what post-pandemic life is. But St. Edwards, this teeny tiny parish with 20 people and a $60,000 budget became a community, an imperfect village of saints. The the church in Corinth was an imperfect group as well. We know this both from the first letter to the Corinthians and by the fact that there was a second one. (laughs) Paul starts with a greeting, which serves also as a reminder to the church in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are called, he says, all saints together. This weekend, we remember Martin Luther King Jr., one of the saints of our time, credited with so much work on civil rights in the United States. We remember him with a national holiday by reading his speeches and studying him in school. He was brilliant, an amazing preacher, a singer and father. But our adoration for him as a community often risks being one dimensional. He marched and went to jail for freedom and equality. He pushed for change nonviolently. He led the Montgomery bus boycott and marched for integrated schools. We talk about it less, but he was an advocate for the poor and opposed the Vietnam War. He was amazing and did amazing things. In February, I went to the Civil Rights Museum where I remembered what history doesn't do a great job of reminding us. Martin Luther King Jr. did what he did in community. What he did was so remarkable because he was able to inspire, encourage, and challenge people to do more, do better, dream bigger. It's easy to dismiss a one-dimensional character as amazing as Martin Luther King Jr. I will never be that amazing. I couldn't be, so I might as well not try. So, the thing is, is that you are that amazing. You are one in a, well, billions, right? So, I need you to say to yourself, silently or aloud, I am amazing. amazing. You are, I promise. But what if, like Dr. King and his contemporaries, you and I together could actually do some good in this world? What if by ourselves we are pretty amazing, but together we are saints? Paul says that we are not lacking in any spiritual gift. He is talking to you, but the plural one. That is, we together are not lacking in any spiritual gift. And didn't we learn that lesson in Silverton? So if tiny little St. Edwards in Silverton, Oregon can change the law, imagine what we together can do. Last fall, I had you all introduce yourselves to each other once more. Take an introverted deep breath and introduce yourself to someone around you. (laughs) this is what practice does you all had practice and now you are pros these are the people who will join you as saints of jesus martin luther king jr said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. This weekend when we remember the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I invite you to see the full genius of his ministry, of not his singular sainthood, but his collective one. Siblings in Christ who are the saints in this room? Everyone say me. Not me, you. (laughs) Siblings in Christ, who are the saints in this room? Everyone say us. us. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father.